When I used to teach eighth grade, I'll never forget this question. I was probably 22 years old. It was my second year. And we were just in class. They were doing seat work and somebody said, how do you breathe while you're kissing? <laughs> and I was like, do I answer this question? <laughs> um, then you have to think about it for a minute. Like, how does that work? Ask your mom. I was like 22 and they were 13. Yeah. I don't know, I kind of wonder like, would it help to be a little bit more clinical about it? Right, so it's less awkward? I'm not sure. Welcome to the Patterns of Truth podcast, the place for casual discussion of biblical principles and difficult questions that face the Christian believer. We believe that the Bible can speak to today's issues, giving us the wisdom and the courage we need for our lives. We are so glad that you are joining us, and you can always find us at patternsoftruth.org. Yeah, there's some way we have to figure out how to keep the awkwardness out of it. Yeah. And to be able to answer in a natural way. Sure. And maybe to just say, you know, that really is a good question. Mm-hmm. You know, and it does deserve a some more thinking and a good response. But I'll just tell you this. You can breathe while kissing. <laughs> you know, like, that's it. That's it. You know, yeah. breathing is definitely essential for life. And um, since God has created us to enjoy kissing the one God has provided for us, yeah. then he has also provided a way to breathe. <laughs> ask your mother for more ask your parents about it in detail that's so funny <laughs> I think that's like probably I really liked what you said finding a way to talk about it without it being awkward because you don't want to make them feel bad for asking questions like anybody regardless of the question you don't want to bring shame like why are you even thinking about that you know but learning how to be truthful and mm-hmm. whether it's like, I'm not qualified to answer that question, or I will find out and get back to you, or, you know, you can talk to this person about that. They would be better and suited to answer your question. Right. Yeah. And not dismissing the question by not right. answering it. Right. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, no, I think it just, it just depends, right, on like where you are and like the age of the person talking to you. But then like we with ourselves, like, I know for me, like I did have, I did have sex education in school. I went to public school and my gym teacher, she was very, very clinical about it. So I think that actually helped me. I've never really felt awkward about, she didn't make it awkward at all. And so I don't know, I think I had benefited from that in some way, but then at the same time, like, you know, it's not just like something you talk about, like, how's the weather either. Right, so, right, I mean, cause right. that's just like so much more personal, but yeah, you know, I, I definitely think that there is like that value in just uh, diving in. So yeah, for yeah, all yeah. our listeners out there, welcome. <laughs> Thanks for joining <laughs> us again for a Patterns of Truth podcast. I'm Patricia. I'm your host today. And today's episode is called Help. My church doesn't talk about sex enough. Uh, as always, we, we want to take a second look at what we think we know about Christian life and see what the Bible actually says. And the point is to better navigate and find a pattern for the reason why we live our lives before God. So today, Krista and I are joined by our guest, Elise. Elise, we're so happy to have you. And uh, first question, gut Thank feelings you. about this topic in question? 
does talking about sex make you nervous, awkward? Why or why not? That's a good question. <laughs> because yes, you know, my first uh, visceral response was, oh boy, okay, so it's come to that. We're finally talking about that subject. Um, and it's kind of like that subject, ooh. But God has designed us, has created us to be sexual creatures. Mm-hmm. That's, that's part of who we are. So why are we so uncomfortable with it? That's a question we really have to ask ourselves and grow more comfortable with. Yeah, no, fair point. And ourselves too, because like things can just come up that are related right to the topic of sex. And sometimes the barrier to getting help or talking to the Lord or somebody else about it is just, ugh, I don't even want to talk about this, you know, in general. Mm -hmm. So Krista, what about you? Gut feelings about the topic, the question, does it make you nervous, awkward? All of the above. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I just think that I get super awkward and nervous because it was not something that I was raised talking about in a, Mm -hmm. you know, a general setting. It was isolated. Probably my mom and I, when I was a young teen and Mm -hmm. talked once with me and that was it never again. And so, so it does, you know, I guess depending on the company I'm with also depends on the awkwardness, but yeah, it's definitely, I think, important that we find a, a comfort level um, in discussing things that are important. Right. Yeah, no, that's definitely a fair point. Like what <laughs> what do we talk about in a general sense, too? So today we're talking about sex in a very general sense, because we're not like getting into the details of like how it works. And, <laughs> you know, but we've had a few questions that came into us. Um, about everything and anything that could be included in this conversation. So think about the word sex as like an umbrella term, which can encompass a conversation about purity, purity culture, pornography, sexuality, sexual issues in marriage, sexuality as it is being talked about like in our nation, in our world. We can even talk about sexual abuse and healing, all those things that just relate to us as that part of ourselves as sexual beings, because we are spirit, soul, and body, right? And so the Lord has made all of these parts of us, um, but we all know that sin like makes everything go out of balance. And so, I don't know, I just feel like if we don't talk about it, and I will say it this way, like there are people who are talking about it. So it's like, if you are, don't feel like you're alone. If you aren't part of a group or among people who are, just know that like wherever you are, that's normal to where you are. So if you're not feeling particularly like stimulated by the question, you're like, wait a second, like we talk about it where I'm at or we don't, it's okay. We're just having a conversation about the ideas in general. So our society seems always to be talking about sex. So I feel like we might feel the pressure too, as Christians to talk about it just as much. I remember going to college and I don't remember what (laughs) book this was or article, but um, I went to secular college and I remember that my professor said something like every single thing everyone does is about sex. And I was like, what? And I had never heard anything like that before. And they were talking about, oh, the way you dress, the career you decide to have, the way you do your hair, everything is in some way tied to a sexual aspiration that you have to be with a certain type of person. And I was like, what? Wow. Granted, my professor was not a believer, right? So I said, you know, if that's true, that's not good. (laughs) 
everything yeah. we do shouldn't be tied to one part of ourselves. So, right, right. So I asked this question to Elise and Krista. So if everybody thinks everything is about sex, do we need to talk about it just as much to kind of meet it in the middle or why, what do you think? Why or why not? I don't think we need to talk about it as much because we know that the subject of sex uh, in the world is so focused, like your professor who sees the center of the world as sex and everything else branches from that. But rather our viewpoint is the center of our world is God and biblical truth Mm-hmm. And everything else centers from that. Mm-hmm. And so then sex, that topic, comes out of our worldview that mm-hmm. God is central and his truth is center of everything. Mm-hmm. Good point. Krista? I think we do need to talk about it. Um, but I think we need to really think about our setting, who we're talking to, the audience, and make sure that it definitely, like Elise was saying, is centered around God because he created it. Hmm. And it's there's nothing wrong with it, mm-hmm. you know, like thinking of historically back in the days, you didn't discuss it at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it was taboo to mm-hmm. talk about anything. And, and women were raised to believe certain things about their that aspect of their marriage. It was not enjoyable. It was duty filled. Yeah. And yeah, definitely. If you enjoyed it, something was wrong with you. Yes. Mm -hmm. It it Mm -hmm. became um, like, I think probably part of the reason why people are talking about it so much is because it did become something that you shouldn't be talking about. And so Mm -hmm. the rebellious nature brings it out to Mm -hmm. talk about it even more. Mm -hmm. And so we need to have healthy discussions, Mm -hmm. you know, Christ-centered discussions. And it's not bad to talk about, you know, as long as we're doing it. Mm-hmm. for the right reasons. Hmm. Yeah, that's a really good point. Because I think sometimes maybe we feel so, I don't know, not, a, not I, want to, I don't want to say attacked, but I feel like if you are anywhere, right, you might feel like everything that you see from our society right now is sexualized in some way. Right. And maybe, maybe the question comes from a place of people feel unprepared to how to deal with that. Like, what mm-hmm. do I do? Like, I, I mean, I remember the first time my, I was a little older, like we drove from like, you know, the Northeast down to Florida. And I just remember driving down 95 and there are so many billboards that mm-hmm. advertise for locations yeah. that we won't talk about, but I just remember being like, whoa, I had no idea. I thought uh-huh. this was the Bible belt. What happened to y'all? <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, but I just remember saying to myself, like, what if I lived in an area like this and I always saw women this way, right? Or if I always saw people being portrayed in this way, and this is what you should be thinking about all the time, unless we really get back to the Bible and like what the Lord thinks about our bodies and what he thinks about who we are, the sexual part of who we are will always be filled up or see these sexual images that the world has. And I don't know that we should always talk about it like in an equal sense, because mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. everything's always out of balance, like with right, sin. But right. I do think that sometimes we get a little shocked by the things that we see and we're not prepared to say like, what, like, how do I, what do I do with this? Oh, oh okay. Obviously I turned my eyes away, but like now this image is in my head. It doesn't just go away. You know, I think that that is a worthy 
conversation. It's a hard conversation because I don't know. It's uncomfortable, you know. Yeah, I know. I felt uncomfortable seeing those billboards because I was like, wait, people think of women that way? Me? Like, that is gross. <laughs> like, that's so, it felt hurtful, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not a person. It's objectification happening. And it made me angry. Mm-hmm. And I think that's another side of it, too, of, like, how harmful the way the world does things and have we adopted those ways, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think because of the, the way the world has perverted sex that's where the uncomfort comes from me like in my own thing like I shouldn't be talking about it because the world glorifies hmm. all of these things that are not god honoring hmm. to it you know so it's like I feel like I have to tiptoe and I don't want to come across as like one way or another you know because I don't want anybody to interpret what I'm saying incorrectly hmm. you know and so therefore it becomes awkward and uncomfortable and something where I'm just you know maybe would steer away from even discussing Hmm. but I think it's definitely because the way God created it to be and the way we see the world presenting it like yeah completely opposite Mm -hmm. right so then that makes me think about the armor of God right and I know we we talked about this before we started recording but like that word discernment um and knowing (laughs) when something is wrong that's coming towards us. Um, And then when we don't need to have a defense against certain conversations or just finding out information about sex, sexuality, um, how do we, how do we get that discernment at least like what, (laughs) I don't know. It's, I feel like this is just a big life question, not just related to our topic, but where do we get that discernment, that ability to just know what's dangerous and what's not? Yeah. I think we get that from knowing what God says. Hmm. Where do we find out where God, what he thinks and what he says, Mm -hmm. except from his word. And Hmm. so I think that we need to start thinking of sex, like the world has a sexualized filter. If we think about a camera and the kind of lenses that you use on a professional camera to take pictures, Hmm. well, so the world has this sexualized filter on their viewpoint of sex. Mm-hmm. So our lens has to be a biblical lens by which we filter everything and see through to the subject of sex through God's filter. And mm-hmm. so that doesn't make sex bad and it doesn't make it blown out of proportion to be so great it's something you must have on demand, you know, <laughs> kind of like streaming video or something. And you c- click on one of the shows you want to see and there it is streaming for you. Mm-hmm. So are we streaming from God's filter, his lens or the world's lens? Yeah. No. So we don't over-sexualize anything. Hmm. That just makes me think I'm going to throw like a random question in there because somebody uh-huh. might say like, I've never found the word sex in the Bible. Like if you Googled it, like use your Bible app, or if you're old school and use a concordance from the back of your Bible, the word is not even there. So where's the first time where like sex is like implied or said just in a different way um, in the Bible? Yeah, well, I think we first see it in Genesis. Mm. So because God created man and woman, we need to see how has God created us? 
You know, how has he created the body and what has he created the body for? Hmm. And then he created one woman, one man for one woman, one woman for one man. And so then we see marriage coming out of that. Mm-hmm. And so that I think that's a great place to start right mm-hmm. at the beginning. Right. Genesis. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's where we should start off. For some reason, I thought about Dorothy and the Wizard of Oz and she wanted to get back home and she was sort of like, well, where do I start? And she was told, start at the beginning, right? Mm-hmm. Start at the beginning. And so Genesis is our beginning. And so we can really dig and search for body right. and soul, spirit, mm-hmm. um, marriage. Let's start there. And from there, we I believe we can see what yeah. God thinks about sex. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The positives, right? Like always the start with the positives. Cause I feel like that's always like whatever you hear or you might see something like from our society, I would not necessarily say that it seems positive mm-hmm. um, where like there's some sort of like healthy perspective being offered. Like it's, there's always something twisty about it. Um, and if you're not twisty, there's something wrong with you, right? Yes. <laughs> and, right. You know, and right. I feel like that's what we need to spend most of the time on, right? And I think like even implied in the question, help my church doesn't talk about sex enough. I had to really think about like, do we mean that in a positive way, sex positive way, mm-hmm. or in a negative way? And what is like, where did my mind instantly go? And it's just like, wait a second, yes. no. Hmm. You know, how much even how I understood the question is influenced by the way our society thinks and the way where what things were around, you know. So then I just asked, like, are there positive conversations about sex happening in Christian circles? And what I mean by Christian circles is like it could be like small group ladies Bible study. It could be like between family members or I mean, it could be like a larger group of people like within a church or assembly context. So are these conversations happening, your experiences, where, how, why or why not? (laughs) Big ones. You know, I just really quick, I want to, just because this came to mind while you were asking um, that Mm -hmm. question and focusing on the good and not the negative, you know, the Bible tells us a lot. He talks a lot about sexual immorality, you know, but Mm -hmm. in Philippians, he says to focus on what is good and true Mm -hmm. and lovely, you know, and I think that's so important that we we do have good healthy mm-hmm. conversations focusing focusing on that and I think that's where we need to start it was kind of like when we talk about false false doctrine you know like if mm-hmm. we focus on the truth mm-hmm. then when we are faced with the negative side that the world has created that sin living in a fallen world has brought about like we'll, we we sh- should be equipped enough with knowing the positive and the truth that we would know and be able to steer away from that. Oh, that's a great point. Yeah. And I think just going back to where do we start, you know, the scripture says that, and Adam knew his wife. Mm -hmm. What does that mean? He knew his wife. (laughs) Oh, hi, I know you. Hi, (laughs) I know you, you know me. So what does that mean? Right. Let's dig into it. Yeah. What is that? Now we're like getting into like the realm of like biblical translations. But then at the same time, I'm like, maybe that is the right thing to say, because maybe that's the way God wants us to think about intimacy. Like it's not just an act. There's like knowledge that happens. It's a connection. 
Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Right. It's not just the act. That's so important that you hit on that. Patricia. I mean, he said the two became one, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And the two became one. That's another wet place to start. Yeah. What does that mean? The two became one. Yeah. Yeah. But it's a, it's an intimate act of it's knowing you com- like incomplete, I guess in completion, like mm-hmm. it's completing. That's why when you get married, you know each other. And then that act of consummating the marriage was like bringing, you know, each other yeah. completely mm-hmm. now, mm-hmm. all the ins and outs. Yeah. I have some friends who do uh, marriage counseling mm-hmm. and the way that they describe intimacy is into me see. Hmm. So okay. that I want to know you so completely. I don't want to just have sex with you. Right. But I want to get to know you as a person mm-hmm. and you become intimate with me and coming to know me as a person. And that knowledge brings us together. Right. And that physical connection mm-hmm. of knowing each other. Yeah. And so then it's like almost a weird, not weird, <laughs> but unique, like unique. uniting of all the parts of ourselves. It's yes. not just physical because like I feel well I mean we know right in a secular society that's I would say irreligious or non-religious no one wants to acknowledge really that like the spirit and the soul exist or everyone's saying no they don't right everything that matters is your body and the drive your body feel so then it's like we're dislocating by thinking that way we're like dislocating from ourselves what we should be we should like understand about how all parts of ourselves are united, which then makes it so unique. You know, you're like, wow, like, let's be in awe of like God's creation. Like, wow, like this is crazy. Right. Yeah. And amazing. So positive conversations about sex. I'm trying to think about myself. Yes, I have had them. I do have them. Most of them are with women. Um, but then at the same time, I do feel like maybe it's right, but like, there's always going to be a line that you don't cross because when you're, you're married, like, you know, there's the phrase from the Bible where you don't want to uncover the nakedness of your spouse, where there's just some stuff that's just between you and that person. But yeah, like there, yeah, I have had some positive, some positive conversations about sex, um, with other Christian women too. So Mm -hmm. I don't know. I think that's good. I say that's blessing. What about you too? Well, I just want, I'm going to repeat something that I see here in front of me that sex is honorable and it was created by the Lord, right? Mm. It's honorable. So it is something good, mm-hmm. but I don't become obsessed with it in my thinking. Yeah. So that's what makes me really different from the rest of the world is that as the rest of the world has over-sexualized everything. Mm-hmm. And thinks about it all the time. Every joke comes from it. Every conversation comes out of it. And mm-hmm. But I see that sex is honorable yeah. because it was created by the Lord. And he said it is. He said it's honorable. Okay, yeah. so now we need to dig and find out what what's honorable about it. Oh. And let's see that, you know, the world has perverted it, but God has made it something beautiful. Right. Yeah. And I, and I like what you said about like the world because, but I also say it's us too, like within our like sinful nature as well. Like it just things just go wrong so many times. Yeah. And I think yeah. sometimes maybe it's hard to have conversations, positive conversations about sex, because I feel like if I think back to like when I was single and if I was going to ask 
it's like some, an older like woman who's who's a believer about it. I also thought about, ooh, like I don't want to ask like what's positive about it because what if her experience is not positive? Mm-hmm. What if it's not working well like in her relationship? And I feel like that's maybe one of the reasons why we don't want to talk about it because then we kind of have to expose a little bit about what is not good and what is good in your personal life, which I think can get really awkward. <laughs> you kind of see where I'm going with that. Like, okay. I, I feel like sometimes it's hard to talk about it in a clinical sense because it is so personal. Mm-hmm. And then it's almost like people may unfortunately compare and say like, oh, like their experience seems to be better than mine. It's not working well with me or there is sexual sin like in my life or in my husband's life or, you know what I mean? Like, I think that there is a fear with even talking about it because it's so personal and attached to who we are. Um, It's tough. Yes. It's tough. Yes. Yes. Right. So then we have to know who to ask. I feel like it's definitely not a conversation that you would like a general discussion that you would have anywhere. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, and and I think that's when discernment comes in. When do Mm -hmm. I ask questions, Lord, who do I ask? I I need some direction or guidance or like advice on how to approach this situation in my own life. Mm -hmm. So Lord, show me who, Mm -hmm. you know, I need to talk to or bring somebody into my life. You know, I know that in my own personal life, I had an incident happen to me and I went to somebody because I knew that it had happened to them. And the response was clearly not what I expected or needed. Mm. And I learned to ask the Lord before I ask questions, especially Absolutely. of that nature. And I think um, now I try to present myself as somebody who's very transparent. Um, but I also, when people come at me with questions or they ask me to, uh, you know, speak to an audience, I just have to say, Lord, how much do you want me to divulge how mm-hmm. much do you want me to withhold or and there's sometimes when I'll have a one-on-one conversation I just feel this nudging on my heart to share this part of my story and it turns out that that's what that person needed hmm. and there's other times when I'm like I hear the you know don't <laughs> don't say this much of yeah. yourself yeah. you know and that's where we really need to make sure that we are seeking his face sometimes consistently you know like continually so then prayer and connecting with the Lord on this topic is critical, isn't it? Even in the moment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, like someone asks you a question. Sometimes I'm like, okay, Lord, how do I answer this question? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I don't want to overshare. I don't want to undershare, you know? Right. Yeah. That's a really good point. And I think that that is, that is the most difficult part too. Like so often we ask other people, other Christians, or maybe just other people in general, before we even ask. God. And I, and I kind of thought about that a little bit, even when I looked at the question, help my church doesn't talk about sex enough because Mm -hmm. I have said that, asked that as well. But then there were times when I did go to a Christian mentor and they asked me, did you ask God what he had to say? And I was like, oops, (laughs) where it was like, (laughs) oh my goodness, have I been putting God-like expectations on other Christians and been like, you need to be better. You mm. need to tell me what I need to know. And if I don't yeah. know, it's your fault. But then I'm like, wait a second. Like, I 
like I'm literally God's child and he can tell me everything as well as use other Christians to help me. Yes. So it's like, wait, am I putting too much pressure on other people to tell me what I need to hear when there's a God out there who knows me, right? Like Mm -hmm. that's another like side of it. Yeah. I think sometimes we do that because we want to answer immediately and (laughs) right. You know, so we're just like, I know with me, like, I'm not a big question asker by nature, Mm -hmm. but when a question pops in my head, I may interrupt you (laughs) to say it. (laughs) I'm not intending to be rude. Right. That's definitely, I don't want to cut you off. And what you're saying is important to me, but sometimes I like have this question. And so sometimes when those answers come, you, you don't feel like you have the patience to sit around and wait for the Lord to answer you. You know, it's impatience mm-hmm. on, on my part, mm-hmm. at least for sure. Right. right. But we will go above. And I, I've learned that through studying Abraham mm-hmm. and his telling Sarah to lie for him, mm-hmm. not asking the Lord first, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, absolutely. it's definitely something that we've learned. But I think if we start off seeking his face, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that will become easier for us to know who to approach when the time is to right. approach somebody for counsel. Right. Another critical point, right. Making God first and having a seeker's heart. Right. I really want to know this Lord and seeking him first before we ask someone and then even seeking him for that, the answer to our question and seeking him, like you said, Krista, for who can I trust to ask this question? Because not everybody. I think we're so starved for, at times, transparency. But then I say to myself, oh, have I been transparent before the Lord? Like, have I gotten, like, on my knees and just, like, opened up my heart and just said, like, if it's an issue or something mm-hmm. I know that I need to know more about, mm-hmm. like, have I been transparent before the Lord and just been, like, open and honest and rare? Because he is literally the only person who can <laughs> look at us and hear our cries and see us in our process and not judge us for where we are in the process because he sees the whole story. Other people, you may have a moment, right? And they may try really hard, but they're going to remember that moment and always wonder, are they still there? Right. You know, good, bad, and the ugly moments, but the Lord is really the number one person who he just has the endless compassion and we're still a work in progress, especially when we deal with other people. So I feel like there's definitely power in taking that first step to see who's the most qualified, <laughs> definitely the Lord. I was talking to, I, I've been really studying up on prayer. I feel like he's been really calling me to a deeper um, yeah. intimacy with him in prayer. Yeah. And so I've been re- doing some studies and then just reaching out to some of my um, more mature sisters in Christ in this issue. Mm-hmm. And I met with one of them and she mm-hmm. said something <laughs> to me. She said, I don't know when I speak to God, why I think I have to be perfect about what I say because he knows my thoughts. So mm-hmm. if I'm thinking it and I'm not saying it, like <laughs> he knows it anyway, you know? So if I'm thinking it, just speak it out loud to him. And right. he doesn't need me to clean up my vocabulary and come to him professionally. Mm. Like just, he meets us where we are. And I'm Absolutely. so thankful for that because I would never, I would never pray right. <laughs> right. if I had to clean right. myself up first, mm-hmm. you know? So then what I hear us saying is that our relationship with God needs to be our first intimate relationship. Mm. Yes. That's what we really need to start. Intimacy with him. Mm -hmm. He knows us. He knows us well. Psalm 139, you know, search me, oh God. Right? 
that we start there right. and make him our first intimate relationship before we start looking for intimate relationships yeah, every right. place else. Well, that's a great point. Yeah. But then I ask, of course, what if that doesn't happen? What if we don't take that step and there is some sort of negative that a Christian might be impacted in a negative that is connected to sex? And that can be um, promiscuity. It can be sexual abuse. It can be pornography. If that's our issue, if that's something that we're dealing with, how do we talk about those things more with others to get the help we need without harming the other person? And what I mean by harming the other person is like, it's really clear in the Bible. And even like <laughs> psychology is confirming this every day that when we encounter things, even from other people, it rubs off on us. Our brain is affected. We're changed by every single encounter that we have. And so that means that I can share something with someone and then they can almost like carry it around with them and it can harm them unintentionally. So how much can we realistically share with other people in terms of specifics where it doesn't hurt them, cause an issue in their lives, make them think that, oh, this sounds interesting. I want to, you know, look at this too. Like, where's the line there? Yeah, well, one of the clues I think comes from something Krista just said and and digging into the subject of prayer is she went to some older sisters in the faith mm -hmm. to talk to them and get some advice from them or to get a, a starting place from them. So then clearly, you know, we even see examples of this in scripture that we don't start with our peers hmm. because our peers often don't know any more than we do. They just <laughs> no. don't. And so and they haven't had any more experience, but somehow we feel more comfortable with them because, you know, we're right. friends or whatever. But so having that discernment, we keep using that word, right. keep going back to that, to really discerning with prayer, who is that person that I can talk to, that I know who can handle what I have to share with them mm -hmm. and who also knows when to refer to someone else who hmm. is even more qualified. Hmm. Right. So who doesn't have that haughtiness to say, yeah, I've got all the answers come to me, <laughs> but who can be your starting place perhaps and refer you to that one um, who is more experienced, who can help you continue to hmm. explore. You know, well, I, I have been hurt by sex not of my own doing necessarily. Hmm. Sometimes we may have the guilt that it is our own doing. Like if I hadn't been searching on Google for this, I wouldn't have come up on this porn pornographic site. Hmm. So it's my fault. Yeah. So someone who can direct you to see that, well, that wasn't totally your fault, but not completely taking mm -hmm. um, guilt away from you. Because we do have right. guilt. Not justifying it. Not justifying it, exactly. And it's interesting you say that because I feel like even the part that you mentioned about knowing what the issue is or how to understand what has happened, it comes from the Bible as well. Like I think about yeah. that song um, that's based on the scripture, yield not to temptation yeah. mm -hmm. because the yielding is the sin, right? Like giving in. And right. I think sometimes we get our wires crossed that if we mm -hmm. encounter something that is sexual and we feel a we feel tempted, 
we think that we've done something wrong because we should, as Christians, I'm going to go through life and not feel anything. But that, but if you know, like what the Bible says and what God says about that, then you'll know, oh, wait a second. <laughs> no, what I felt was, oh, the Holy Spirit is telling me, don't go near that. Right. And, right, right. Um, to really listen to him in that way mm-hmm. and how it's so important to just get back to the Bible. And even another thing that you said, Elise, about if something has been done to you, I know none of us are experts, but I remember the moment when I read in the Bible the account of David's son, Amnon, and his stepsister, Tamar. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I remember like saying to myself, oh my goodness, this is a rape. Yeah. That happens. yeah. And yeah. it was just like, oh, whoa. Like, and I just remember saying to myself, wow, this is heavy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And at the same time saying, you know, there really is an answer to every question that we have in the Bible and we can get wisdom. And and it was so, it's so clear in the scripture, how wrong that was Mm -hmm. and just how, how much of a violation that's not God's order. That is not what should have happened. And, and even just digging a little deeper, I mean, what if I had never read that? Right. And, and I just, I just think that we do need to dig a little bit deeper because the answer is there while we can get help from others yes. at the same time. Yes. And it's okay to seek out help for what I'm struggling with. I don't have to struggle through my sexual issues alone. Hmm. God has provided help for us. He has provided others to come alongside. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean I stop praying and studying scripture, but while I'm praying and studying scripture, I seek out in prayer the one or two or three who can come alongside me and walk through this struggle with me. Hmm. I don't have to be alone. I want that message to be mm-hmm. heard. Yeah, we don't have to suffer. Or don't have to suffer in silence. We don't have to suffer alone. Right. It's just something we need to work on as a company of believers because we don't have any hierarchy and we don't know Who's the psychologist? Who's the psychiatrist? Who's really <laughs> spiritual? Who's, you know, we don't really know that. So then we do have to seek the Lord to, to yeah. mm-hmm. bring out that person. Yeah. And there's a lot of really great, like online ministries well as well. Yeah. I was yeah. listening to a podcast from a, a woman from England and she is involved with a ministry. She and her husband specifically dealing with pornography and how it in marriages and really mm-hmm. saving marriages. And she talked about a lot of resources, but mm-hmm. she spoke specifically about finding someone who is safe and someone who is qualified. Yeah. And she didn't necessarily say like, it had to be like anybody in your leadership at your specific like church or your assembly. She was saying, because, you know, some people are safe. They are okay for you to confess certain things to, but they're not necessarily qualified to help you get out of where you are with God's help. So people can be well-meaning, right? But it's kind of like, wait, where do you go from here? I'm not really sure, right? And it's not a bad thing, right, to talk to people who are trusted, but there are clinicians, there are therapists, there are psychiatrists and psychologists out there who are believers who won't leave the Bible behind as they work with you through that process. And coming from a place of knowing that as a Christian, you are already forgiven, right? There is therefore now no condemnation. And I think 
having someone who is a professional, but also who is a believer operating across off that base is such a strength. Um, because I think, I mean, the Lord says it in the Bible all the time. We don't know how big and how destructive sin can become, especially sexual sin, because it's so personal and part of who we are. Sin, sorry, our sexual side is so is part of who we are. And I think the reason why some people say, I don't know how to help is because we don't really know how much someone can become affected. And so you will need a certain specific type of help. And the Lord is always there. And he is definitely more than enough. It's more than enough. Yes. Yeah. And he also placed us in community where he uses yes. other people. And that's where we tap into the gifts that are given to yeah. the body, right? To the church yeah. where, yeah. Um, and I know that like for me, the heart of this question is some of us need to, if we're not doing enough, we need to be more active in our gifts. And I know there are people out there who can be answering specific needs and maybe they're just not, right? Like our whole society is based on, I'm doing my own thing. Um, and we need to be called out of that as well. So yeah, just thoughts I was thinking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Good thoughts. Good stuff. Good stuff. You know, it's a hard thing. The path of recovery, I'm sure. It is. It is a hard, it's a hard road. Mm -hmm. And I wouldn't say anyone has like exact steps, but I just know that the Lord is able. Amen. Yes. He is able and whatever the path looks like to restoration, it's there. It's possible. It just takes work. Uh, but we have a great God, which is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So do I do. I'm going yeah. back to our original question or statement. Help my church doesn't talk about sex enough. So what's the solution? Let's run down the list <laughs> as quick as we can. What's the solution? I guess if people are in a place where they're in a context where like there are Christian groups or maybe you're in a small group or in your family where you feel like it's not talked about enough and you've encountered some difficulties or you just feel kind of clueless. Where do we go real quick? Well, keep asking questions until you get the, the right answer, until you get the answer that satisfies your soul, hmm. not just your mind, but it's satisfying to your soul. And you feel like I have really been helped. So keep asking questions and don't suffer in silence alone. Hmm. It's something I would say, seek the Lord's face, you know, continuously because he is faithful. Yes. And he has provided for you. He's provided the answer or answers. And I say answers because sometimes one answer doesn't pinpoint it because we're, we are fearfully and wonderfully made. Mm -hmm. And there's so many different aspects to us mm -hmm. that we may need something from a couple of different directions mm. to help answer our questions. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah. Definitely um, seek accountability, mentorship, godly counsel. Yes. Definitely a good place to start. Yes. As Elise mentioned. Um, and also, I feel like we mentioned this before, but the armor of God talking about, I think it's Ephesians 6, really just understanding that if we want to have positive um, and godly, not just positive, because there are things that are positive that are wrong, but if we want to have godly, um, a godly perspective and understanding on sex, sexuality, um, sexual sin in particular, we do have to start with like the defense that God has given us. We're not defenseless. 
We have resources to protect our minds, to protect our hearts, to protect our bodies. And also, like, we all know that the Lord is a healer. Even if you have made mistakes, even if you have had ideas or thoughts where you're like, ah, I haven't been thinking the right way about sex in general. I haven't been thinking a godly way about it. Mm -hmm. There is still healing and there's always a way back because he is our helper. And I love that verse in Hebrews that talks about how we, when we call on him, he is a present help in time of need. And always, what's that song called? Jesus on the main line. (laughs) This, uh, yeah, this old song, I think it's a Southern gospel song, but I was like, think about it. Like he's really just, he's just a prayer away. And um, we really just need to practice more to call out to him about these questions, innocent, naive questions, or maybe you're like really stuck in the brambles of whatever you're dealing with. And you've Mm -hmm. got questions for that too. Right. Absolutely. So thank you so much, Elise and Krista, for all of our discussions. I feel like we could go on forever because this is such a such a big topic. Maybe we'll have another part two. I think we should. I think we should, too. (laughs) For all of our listeners out there, just know we're just like you. We know there's not a day that goes by where the enemy isn't attacking what we know from God's word and this topic about sex just keep digging into the word. And so often we get confused about how we should live because we're listening to sound bites and snippets of what other people say about the word of God, or we just Google things. You need to go back to the book, read God's word and let ourselves be taught by him. So all of our listeners out there, we hope this discussion made you think, gave you some answers and maybe piqued your interest. So ultimately our goal is to start conversations, stimulate curiosity, and then to grow closer to the Lord. So please feel free. If you have any other topics or questions you would like us to discuss on the podcast, please go ahead and head over to patternsoftruth.org and we'll get back to you. We do read all of our comments and questions that come to us. So maybe yours will be featured on the next episode. All right, everybody, we're signing off until next time. Thank you for listening to the Patterns of Truth podcast. We invite you to join us for our next episode. And we also encourage you to check out patternsoftruth.org, where we post articles every week for the encouragement and growth of Christ followers. If you have any questions, please don't hesitate to submit them on our website. I'm Peter. Until next time.